Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Kabe. <laughs> wow. Just, so just sit in that for a moment, Sophie. <laughs> I have to tell you, I never knew what it looked like. And now that I <laughs> see it, it's a whole, I have a whole other perspective on it. Because <laughs> I know oh. you always ask about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, not sorry. My introductions are annoying. Um, uh, oh, boy. Joining me today, boy. Uh, you know, it's, Usually when we, ha- oh, first of all, I should say the, we're the House of Pod. This is a medical type podcast. We talk about mostly medical things. Sometimes we don't. Joining me today, we have a very special guest. We have Dr. Sophie Balzora. Sophie, thank you so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. You know, normally, normally the rule is the guests have to be a guest twice before they get to be guest co-host. You skip the line. You were a guest once, and now you're guest co-host. How does that feel? It feels pretty amazing, especially because when I was on, there was another guest. So, yeah. you know, the fact that you just invited me is really great. Does he feel bad? <laughs> he doesn't even care. He doesn't even care. Um, let me let me ask you this. We have a really uh, great guest coming up, and I'm, I'm really excited to talk to Dr. Kimberly Manning. Before we do that, let, let me ask you this. Do you think it's possible to make friends with people online and not in real life i mean is it possible to have a real friendship with someone that you meet like on twitter and 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 you you've never met in real life is that possible i think it's possible um if you take the relationship off twitter right if it's solely on twitter i think hmm, not so sure if i can agree with that but i think if you make the effort if both parties make the effort right to take the relationship off of twitter um 
And I think it's, I think it's, there's definitely potential there. Um, and I, I feel like that's actually happened for me, you know? So um, as somebody who, who indulges or at least used to indulge in the show Catfish on MTV, mm-hmm, I'm very, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> <laughs> I know all the tricks. I've seen what people do, but yeah, I yeah. think that, uh, I think that, yeah, absolutely. And a professional relationship that you, that you make on Twitter can definitely turn into a, you know, a very amicable one. Also. Right. And I'm not talking about like a romantic relationship. I mean, just sure, like a friendship. Yes. Neither, would you go hang? Would you go hang? <laughs> yeah, good. Okay, because I'm married, Sophie. Okay, let's let's get that straight. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, would you actually, if you like, were talking to someone on Twitter and mm-hmm. that they're your friend or whatever social media account you have, uh, and they're like, "Hey, I'm gonna be in your town um, next week," are you? Let's be honest. Are you like? automatically thinking of excuses as to why you can't go out or are you would you be like all right i could i could maybe go hang out with this person and get a beer or two um i'll say that the silver lining of covid is that you can always use covid as an excuse not to hang out with somebody mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So i probably i probably would find a reason not to yeah um if that was the only if that was the only means of communication that we had had yeah. I think it was not about something professional. It's just like, hey, let's just hang out. Uh, you know, that's really individualized, but generally I'd probably be a little weary. Yeah, that's smart. It's good to use COVID as an excuse. I, I was just <laughs> talking to my friend who's is an Indian guy and he's getting pretty serious with his girlfriend and he's they're they're gonna get married at some point in the future. And he is like, you know, the, the COVID thing's an issue. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It this is perfect this is the perfect time to have a wedding because there's never been a better excuse for you to not have to have a massive five day extravaganza with thousands of people. You could keep it nice and small, 10, 20 people you're in, you're out. It's done. It's a great thing. I'm a, I'm a registered minister. I've I've presided (laughs) over four weddings. I could do your, your wedding right now for a six pack. Like, this is the perfect time to do things right now. That way. That's so true. Yeah, unmarried people. This is your time, folks. This is your this time. Is your chance to save lots and lots of money. Lots of it. Oh my God, <laughs> lots of it. Okay, and, and just have a party. Just have a big party. Have a party. Just have your close friends and have a great night out. Use all that money to do something dope. Rent a boat, go on the bay or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why that was my example. That's a weird one. <laughs> Anyways, uh, okay, Sophie, before we get to the guests, please tell everyone where they can find you. Sure. Um, on Twitter, uh, which is the main social media platform I'm on, it's Sophie Balzora MD. Um, and be sure to check out um, our newly minted, uh, newly founded organization, ABGH, the Association of Black Gastroenterologists and Hepatologists, at on Twitter at Black and Gastro. I highly recommend it. Please do that. Uh, If you haven't already, please uh, follow us at Twitter. You probably are if you're on Twitter and you're listening to this. But if you haven't, do it. If you haven't, also rate and review us uh, on whatever place you get your your, uh, podcast. So if you're on iTunes, please rate and review us. Uh, Thank you to Nadim for help with production. Stay tuned for a chat with Dr. Kimberly Manning. Welcome back today. Really, really a special guest. I know I say special guest, Sophie, like pretty much 99% of the time I introduce a guest, but I do feel this is a special guest. I also say that as well a lot, 
but this time I mean it. And I don't normally <laughs> say that part that I just said. Okay. Oh man. <laughs> Today we have Dr. Kimberly Manning, professor of medicine, as well as the associate vice chair of diversity, equity, and inclusion in the department of medicine at Emory university school of medicine. She is a writer. She is a speaker along with being a doctor and a parent. Dr. Manning, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me and for giving that nice intro, making me feel like I'm actually special. Thanks. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> go, go back and check the tape. You're going to hear, I don't say all those parts. <laughs> no shade to anybody else. It's all good. No, love all my guests. Love them all. Okay. So Dr. Manning, first of all, I'm just, I'm so, I'm kind of nervous because this is a very exciting time. I've only known you through social media and just to talk to you this way is just, so um, getting my bearing. So bear with me. But um, today's can I can I can I please help unnervous you? <laughs> yeah, we, we got we got it. We got to get unnervous. Okay. So m- number one, um, you know, I'm I'm sorry, Kaveh. This is gonna leave you out a little bit, but I'm so please. here for your hair right now. I mean, I'm so here for this hair. It's gorgeous. I'm so happy to be looking into your face right now to see my my reflection back at me. And that is an exciting thing. Anytime you get a chance to do that as a black woman physician, it is great. So um, I am delighted to be here talking to you and please do not be nervous. Dr. Dr. Manning, just to make it clear, you didn't have to explain to our listeners and you were happy to see someone. It wasn't me. They know it. They know. Well, you know what? what It was actually like a black girl magic moment. And I didn't Mm. want you to kind of feel a little bit, you know, but it's cool. I get it. I want to have my own black girl magic, but that's something I need to deal with, I guess. Sophie, I'm sorry. Let's let's let me let you get going here with that question. All right. Um, so since it's International Podcast Day, right? I think we'll start with the podcast question. Okay. Because I, I just started listening to podcasts really when COVID um when COVID hit because I started walking to work every day. Um, so it's like an hour walk, right? To the hospital, it's like an hour plus. So I said, let me start listening to podcasts. So I started listening to House of Pod, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then I eventually stumbled upon your podcast with Dr. McMullen. And I've been listening to these stories. Um, and there are some that have really just, I mean, I was floored. They're so relatable, but just the way that both of you guys, you know, connect and jive and like work off of one another. I just, I love hearing the story. So I don't know how exactly you guys got started um, because I haven't heard the first couple episodes. So I'm really curious to know how that came to be. You know what, it it is, it is just the power of technology and connection. Um, I, I, back in 2019, I think it was, yeah, 2019, I went to UCSF for a visiting professorship and while I was there, you know, um, they'll, they give you this whole list of all these people that you meet. Like you just go to meeting after meeting after meeting um, with people. And um, Ashley McMullen was, uh, had just joined faculty after a chief year. And she was one of the people that I had a 30 minute meeting with. Um, and so here I am meeting with this, um, this young black woman. And, you know, she, it, it was, it was great. We had a a great conversation and she was my last meeting before I had like a break. So we got along so well that we ended up going downstairs, having coffee and just, you know, doing, it wasn't anything necessarily over the top, but we just said, oh, we'll just stay in touch. After that, uh, I would just periodically check on her. Hey, how's it going? How are things going? Um, We would text here and there, you know, we would be talking to each other and be like, you know what, it would be a really good podcast to listen to two black women in academic medicine who are working in, you know, majority settings 
but like still navigating the rest of their lives, just talking and telling each other stories. And that's what we did. So that that's kind of how it happened. But I have seen Ashley in person two times. One, wow. Once when I met her at UCSF and once when she passed through Atlanta and I got to see her briefly, but our entire relationship has pretty much been built over Zoom and text messages. And you would never think that in listening to you too. You know, it's just, I mean, I, I just can't say enough about what social media can do. I mean, it's it's phenomenal, but I, I can't wait to listen to the rest of the stories because they just, I mean, I mean to say they make you laugh and make you cry is so incredibly cliche, but um, it's absolutely true. I loved it. I love them. So, um, you know, so thank you for telling those stories because I, I think it's, it's really hard, um, very humbling, but also, um, you know, reassuring to know that a lot of the things that you've experienced and go through um, with the patients, with, you know, your colleagues are things that you can, um, you know, tell in these very interesting ways and we can relate to, um, and especially things that you, you may be a little bit embarrassed to admit, but now you can look back on and say, hey, I learned this. Yeah, learned and we like, we like, you know, we, we were laughing because we're like, gosh, every episode we're talking about something we did wrong or <laughs> how we messed up. But, you know, I, I think oftentimes what happens is, you know, as people get more senior, um, you start to get this idea of a person just knowing everything and always getting everything right. And, um, and, and that just isn't true. That isn't true of anybody. And um, I, I just, I, I think it's great and affirming for, especially if you're junior um, and you see and hear somebody saying, I didn't know this. <laughs> like I was today years old when I learned that, which is probably something I think I've probably said on every single episode. I was like, dang, I was today years old when I learned this. Did you know this? Um, to just show that we're lifelong learners and that we're, we're just trying to figure it out just like anybody else. Right. Well, normally when people talk this effervescently about another podcast, I edit it out <laughs> completely. But in this case, I'm going to allow it because it really is a great podcast. Can you, uh, before I go to my question, can you just tell everyone the name of the podcast? Yes. Um, the podcast is called The Human Doctor Podcast. And um, the episodes are about 20 something minutes long. I do recommend it. And as Sophie mentioned, you're a really great storyteller. A lot of your stories, they're authentic, they're open, they're even vulnerable at times that you're able to share a lot. And they're these beautiful long form written pieces that you get published in, you know, medical journals. Along those lines, do you ever get like some sort of pushback or do you ever get criticism from, from other professors or people in the academic setting that you're not writing quote unquote research papers or you're not doing uh, strict academic work? And, and I'm not saying that you should. I think I, what you're doing oh, is great, yeah. but I mean, do you get? I, mean, I'm, I am not hearing that as shade because um, because that that has happened to me. So early on, um, I when I was probably like in my second or third year on faculty at Emory, um, I was in a faculty development program, and in our faculty development, we were asked to do something called um, a critical incident report, where we wrote a long form narrative about a critical incident that happened to us adjacent to medicine or in medicine. And I and I wrote in long form the story of the first time I got a voluntary HIV test. And I basically was just talking about how I'm always talking patients into getting tested for HIV, but had never been voluntarily tested myself. 
Um, and anyway, I, I write this piece and the way that the faculty development worked is everybody shared what they, what they wrote out loud. And my division chief at the time who was leading our, our faculty development said, you know, you should take this and submit it to a journal. And, I, and, and you know, it had never occurred to me that a peer review journal would, would take a narrative. I was just like, what? This goes in my diary. What are you talking about? And he was like, <laughs> no, um, no, you could submit it to a journal. So I said, well, like where? Um, and he said, aim high, submit it to JAMA, submit it to Annals. So I sent this piece to, um, to JAMA and they accepted it like right away. I mean, it, 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 the turnaround, what I love about JAMA is they'll, they'll, they'll reject you fast, but they also kind of accept you fast. Mm -hmm, <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so, so that, that was affirming. And I had another piece that was kind of like in my heart that I wrote and sent to Annals and both of the papers got published within weeks of each other. So now you imagine me, this assistant professor, like, oh my goodness, I got a publication in JAMA and a publication in Annals, like in the same like week and a half. Huge. And I run into this senior faculty member and I am just like so happy. And he was like, oh yeah, I saw your, um, your, your little papers came out. Little papers. Oh, little yeah. papers. Oof. And, um, you know, that's really great because that's putting your name out there. But now what you really need now you need to kind of take that take that platform and then, you know, move into doing some 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 real research. And my feelings were so hurt because it was, yeah. you know, that was like the first time I saw my name in, in academic lights, if you will. Right. Mm -hmm. And but 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 the but the moment that it pivoted was that um, right after, like as I was walking down the hall and feeling bad. I ran into this other um, senior faculty member, um, Carlos Del Rio, who's a good friend of mine to this day. And I told Carlos what happened. And at the time, Carlos and I weren't particularly close. I was just sort of needed to tell somebody. Yeah, it was wrong. Yeah, yeah, right. And Carlos looked at me and he said, you know what you do? This is what you do. What you do is you just publish so many damn narratives in so many high impact journals that nobody can say anything to you about it. Yeah. You just need to do more. Yeah. And what he told me was that like, uh, you're gonna have things, you, they're gonna be things that you do that you don't see anybody doing yet. So yes, I, I did get that pushback, but I, but I took his advice and I just was like, I'm gonna do this so much that it's gonna be all over my CV and then you gotta just deal with it. <laughs> I love it. I love it that you turned it, it, his advice was to turn it the other way. So basically the question is to that first, you know, professor, why aren't you writing things like this? Why can't you write like like this? This look look how you get published with this. Why can't you do that? Yeah, and and the other thing is, I, you know, I I generally do not waste my energy on being angry with people, um, because I I just don't think it's a very good use of my energy, and, and so I I spend a lot of time reflecting on why people do the things they do and say the things they say, and I thought to myself, you know, this really senior person, he had a lab, he was one of the most you know funded people at our institution and this was all he knew yeah. it's like an essay in JAMA and then another essay in and I was like what that that was foreign to him and 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 so people sometimes do things that hurt our feelings or that or that or that zap us from of sap us of all of our energy when they don't know better and so I can show you better than I can tell you because one thing I know um, I, I know I'm a good writer. I know that. And, and, I, and I say this that way because there has to come a point where you start to do things with bravery. 
um, because you know who you are. And there are not a lot of, I don't do everything well. You know, I'm not a fast runner, but I'll run. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not the best dancer, but I'll dance. But I can write. And I can write things that I haven't seen yet. And, and I think all of us have in us something like that, right? Um, and, I, and I feel really grateful that, you know, some things have happened in my life that give me urgency um, to do that, to just be like, you know what? I don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. So I'm gonna do me. And if you don't like it, then sorry, not sorry. Yeah, yeah. It shows you how powerful the words of a mentor can be. I mean, this guy yeah. wasn't your mentor per se, but he was an older sort of like he was he was higher up in the hierarchy of, of academia. And you look to those people for advice. And it's actually an example of two good examples of really great mentorship and, and not great mentorship, you know? Yeah. Do you, you take that, I'm assuming, with you because you talk about mentorship. What advice are you giving to mentors these days? What's your, if you had one piece of advice for someone who is a mentor, what would you, what would it be? Um, you know, I, I think, you know, being a, a really effective mentor just means you have to commit to it and have time. So uh, don't, don't say yes, that you'll, you'll mentor somebody if, if you don't have the time. Um, because that's very, very difficult for a mentee to navigate. They don't, they don't know how to like, okay, we've defined the relationship, but now it's not happening. What are we now, right? So I think that piece is important. I also do not, um, before I have met somebody a few times, agree to be their mentor. Um, usually what I'll do is say, hey, let's meet. Some, sometimes people will come right up to you and be like, will you be my mentor? Yeah. And I'll be like, I'll meet with you. And then let us see if, if this is a good fit for you. There may be somebody better than me that's a better fit for you. But I spend a lot more time when I, um, I'm telling my mentees and also telling other people who have mentees, coach your mentee to be a good mentee. Um, you know, I'm still a mentee. Um, and, and when I meet with my mentors, I have an agenda. I know what I want to talk about. I have like two or three bullet items. I know how long the meeting is going to last. And um, I don't just jump in there and just sit in front of them with my CV smiling. Uh, I, I'm like, hey, this, this workshop got rejected and I thought it was dope. And I don't know why it, it, it got rejected. Take a look at this. I share my screen. We look at it and I'm like, okay. So I have a, a leadership um, person who is my, my mentor. I have a person who mentors me as a teacher. I have peer mentors that mentor me for talks. Uh, but I'm, I'm very intentional about what I want from you um, as a mentee. And, and I think that it's for us as mentors, it is a much better use of my time when you come prepared for me to help you. I don't want to just be meeting with you for 30 minutes to an hour out of some really busy time. And, and we're not going anywhere. <laughs> I want to. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Help you, but you got to tell me yeah. how to help. Yeah, yeah. Focus it. That's great advice. Yeah, I mean, you think about, um, and especially thinking about your story, you think about the gatekeepers, right? So I feel like when I hear that story, you know, the when you have when you have like this overwhelming sense of um, of pride and joy after these papers get accepted, and then you meet this potential gatekeeper, and then they tell you what they tell you. If you didn't see your other mentor, you know, you just wonder where your path would have led. Um, and so I always think about that, you know, especially for um, pre-med students who are of, um, you know, who are potential URMs, right, or from marginalized groups, like how often they hear you can't, or maybe you should take this other career path, or, you know, this might not be right for you. And if you don't meet those other mentors who challenge that, it's just such a, it's such a difficult climb. So, you know, I think it's really important to hear these kinds of um, uh stories about, uh, you know, the importance of making those connections with people who, who maybe take non-traditional paths, right, or who have faced other challenges, because those are the ones that really will encourage you as opposed to somebody who may have done something that was so, quote unquote, by the book, um, or just, you know, reflective of what they've always seen. Um, so it's just, it's so important to understand, um, uh, you know, the fact that the gatekeepers hold so much power um, for, you know, things that can work out positively or things that can work out much differently, unfortunately. You know what else, Sophie, I was thinking about um, is that now um, it doesn't have to happen in the hallway either, right? It can happen all these other places. So here, here I am in Atlanta talking to the two of you um, through technology. I have a, you know, I co-host a podcast with somebody that I've seen in person two times um, in two 30 minute clips right, um, who has become a very good friend of mine. Um, and so, so we, I think we all have to think about the power of our influence too, um, because sometimes the equivalent of what Dr. Del Rio did for me in the hallway that day, the equivalent of that can happen through a very intentional tweet or an episode of House of Pod that is, that is edited in a way and thoughtful and, and, and a conversation that is shared in a way that somebody looks at that and says, oh, wow, you know what? Actually, this is okay what I'm doing. Maybe I can try this. So I, I, I'm starting to just think about how that looks. It looks, the touch looks a lot, a lot of ways now. Um, so, so as I even think about things like social media, I am really thoughtful and intentional about what I say and do there. Um, because I, you know, as Jay-Z says, streets is watching, you know, and yep. I'm not so worried about people, the, the people who will criticize you. I think about the pipeline. I think about what kind of message am I sending to people who look like me, who historically have been excluded? What, what message am I telling them when I show up as my whole entire self? And I'm, and I'm telling you right on the front of this page, like I went to Meharry, I went to Tuskegee, I'm from Inglewood, you know? Um, what, does that, what does that say to you? It gives you permission to show up as your whole self and win. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely. Um, I mean, I think what's happened this past year and a half and what I've seen on social media is people being more 
honest and open about all of those experiences. Um, and it's really game changing, right? It really is. And um, and that makes me think about what you've done more recently with this kind of no judgment zone that you have going. <laughs> I, I need to know more about that. And, and I'll say that personally, because as we're admitting, um, you know, our faults and, and having humility, I'm finding it really difficult. I think Kaveh will say the same. I'm finding it really difficult to have conversations with people who are um, still very hesitant about, and I don't want to say vaccine hesitancy because that's kind of overused, but like just, just I'll say more adamant about not getting the vaccine because those are really tough people. Obviously you can't reach everyone, but this kind of no judgment zone that you've embraced, I don't know. Um, I mean, it's like saint-like, I think. And I, I want to know, I need to know of a time where you just thought, you know, it's just not going to work. It's just mm -hmm. not. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea what you mean. I have never oh, had so a negative thought. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about it. Okay, so um, at Grady Hospital, where I work, so Grady's the safety net hospital in downtown Atlanta. And um, we uh, we pitched uh, to to the hospital um, to to get let to help us set up a table near information in the middle of the lobby that um, is just a you know a sandwich board sign that says um, you know still got questions about the vaccine um, let's talk about it no judgment zone and we 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 do two hour shifts and you just sit there and people come up and ask you stuff and you talk to them and we're right near where they do the vaccines so. Um, you know, <laughs> it is a very, very um, interesting experience, but I will tell you um, that this is, so, so I would be lying if I said, I always feel optimistic. I always feel cheerful and like, hey, everybody, let's go. Of course I have my days, you know? I mean, when I'm on the hospital service and I'm super tired and busy and, you know, we can't move anybody because the hospital's on diversion. That's super frustrating because you look around and you're like, if y'all had gotten vaccinated, this wouldn't have happened, right? But everything is about relationships and in any relationship, whether that be with my husband, whether that be with my children, my mom, my dad, my siblings, I, I, I want to preserve the relationship. I'm always thinking about the long game. So my conversations with people who are still deliberating about the vaccine um, is the long game. I want to preserve the relationship. If I can preserve the relationship with you, you will come back and talk to me more. Um, I can plant a seed. I'm not, I'm not trying to sell you a car. I don't need you to sign on the dotted line right now. It might take a couple of touches, particularly with staff who I see every day. Um, I, I'm going to leverage our relationship and keep thinking about the long game. Um, so I, I think I think that is where that comes from. And um, I wanted to prove to people that it isn't just that people are vehement no's. For a lot of people, it's logistics. I mean, one of the most common things I do at that table is direct people on exactly how to go over there and get checked in and get the vaccine and walk them over there. That has probably happened more than anything else. The other thing is for the people who really are against being vaccinated, right? They're not deliberating anymore. So there's nothing for me to talk to you about. I don't even talk to those individuals. When somebody tells me, I don't know why you going, you know, take that devil shot or whatever they say to me. I can't believe you a black woman trying to get our people to, you know, I say, you know what? It sounds like you have thought a lot about this. And, you know, you know, it sounds like you care a lot about your health and you thought a lot about this. Full disclosure, I think it's a good idea for people to be vaccinated. If you reach a point where you are thinking about being vaccinated, here's what I can promise you. If you come to me, I'm not gonna throw in your face or make you feel bad about how you felt today. 
but I don't really need to talk to you because you've already made up your mind. I want to spend my energy on people who on a scale of zero to 10 or anything other than a zero. Because if you are one, we can talk. But right. if you're a zero, you already made up your mind. Yeah. So that, that's how I think about it, the long game, right? A, a, dis, a disagreement with my, with my partner. I'm thinking, what is my goal? <laughs> like, is my goal just to win and then any boo-boo you? Or is my goal for, for us to be able to get forward a little bit? And, and I wasn't always that way, um, but I control the thing I can control and that's me. I can't control anybody else and what they do. So I control me. And I, I have found that that is the most predictable way to get people to do what I want them to do by, by, by working on myself. It's a real Zen emotional judo <laughs> that you do there. You sort of use that negative energy against them, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just that it's, it's urgency, right? I don't have all the time in the world. And so I am not going to stand here and argue with somebody. Yeah. If they want to argue, like, oh, oh no, no, wait a minute. You're not, you're not in a place where you're still deliberating. Mm-hmm. You've made up your mind. Right. And, and I disagree with people every day about all sorts of things. I mean, I could be disagreeing with somebody about who's the greatest MC of all time, right? At some point, we just have to have our opinions. But there's a point where it's nothing to talk about. And right now, I'm sitting at that table. My, that table is for people who are still deliberating. I'm not here to talk to you about anything else. Right. But I still love you. And if you change your mind, come back and holler at me. I'll talk to you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a, an amazing approach. And that is one I think we should all try to embrace more. But it is it is really hard sometimes. And and where something I've been talking about a lot on this show is that I you know it's a real fine balance that we have to walk right now as doctors. Because on one hand, I absolutely think doctors should be allowed to openly vent their frustrations and express their feelings in a real way. Um, I think now more than ever, we should be able to do that. And that will include a lot of frustration about people who have not gotten vaccinated yet and why we're in the situation we're in now. But at the same time, that approach isn't going to help. And an approach like this, where you're being open, you're coming from a, a, a place of like love or something, that's the approach I imagine has a better success rate. And I, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I know every person has their days, right. And every person is feeling what they feel. I don't work as a critical care physician intubating people in ICU every day. You know, I'm, I'm not pronouncing five people dead every single day. And so, you know, perhaps if I did a job like that every day and I wasn't working on the hospital service and, and not in the ICU, maybe I might feel differently, but The other piece is that I work at a hospital that primarily takes care of poor people who are from the South and who look like me. And and that too creates urgency for me. These are my folks, you know, and I am like, man, you know what? If not me, who? You know, I've actually been here 20 years and I am comfortable in my skin. I, I rarely cold switch. Um, and, and I will meet my patients where they are because I love them. I love Grady. It was my dream job. I wanted to work at Grady for years and the chance to be there is it's such a privilege. And even in this time, I I just, I I try to center myself in, in a space of gratitude. And, and again, for some people, this probably all sounds hokey and all that, but it, it is, it is the way that I, you know, I I keep myself well, Mm -hmm. I walk into the hospital and I, talk to myself. I'm like, 
It is a privilege to be here. This place used to be segregated. This place is a place that my grandmother and my dad, when he was a kid, could not have come in here. This is so dope. You're a full professor at a place that was like not made for you. And you get to take care of these patients who look into your face and think never in my wildest dreams that I ever think I would get to see a person who, who actually culturally has concordance with me. And I'm going to leverage all of that as I build our relationships and try to build trust. And if everybody's tired and is giving up on you, I get it. I, I get that people are tired, but I'm like, whatever extra helping I got of hype for this, I'm glad because every day when somebody that one little moment where somebody goes, all right, forget it. Come with me. I, I, I'll go get vaccinated. I am like, yo, let's go. Let's get going. You, you really suck so the good. marrow out of those moments. You know, <laughs> I, that do. Yeah. I, 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 I suck the marrow. I mean, all of it. I'm, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you, you, you need to see my daddy eat a, eat a rib, a barbecue rib. I, I treat it like my daddy with a barbecue rib. It ain't nothing left. Uh, I would love to just invite me over next time that happens. I'm, I'm going to come. He's vaccinated. Uh, vaccinated. I'm vaccinated. <laughs> um, My daddy uh, got a booster. So you all right. <laughs> are you guys going to get the booster? You know what? I'm, I'm enrolled in the Moderna trial. So, um, mm. and I, and my first dose was my, my first and second dose were Moderna. So I'm still in the trial. So, but everybody, all the doctors were getting there first and, you know, getting vaccinated. I was, Willing to blind it, and I was still in yeah. all that process. I'm like, yo, y'all need to hurry up and figure this out. <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, as an as a part of the study, I'm going to get my um, my booster um, in. It's going to be late October. Okay, so I have to get it probably. You know, 500 vials of blood drawn and all this other stuff. <laughs> oh man, thank you for being a part of that study. What What about yeah. you, Sophie? Uh, you know, I got my booster today actually strong strong post call booster good for you <laughs> you have to work tomorrow sophie yes i do i'm oh, doing man. procedures tomorrow <laughs> and i know pe people have had i mean I, I had a rough time with those two and i heard that those three can kind of feel a little bit like that so yeah um, i'm uh, i'm preparing i mean my first two were okay but okay. uh you never know you never know what those cytokines are going to do so you're gonna be you're gonna be riding a nice endorphin high from this show for at least yeah. another couple of hours. You're gonna feel good. You're gonna be fine. Yeah, as long as I'm burn. So yeah. I, don't, I, I don't want to keep you too much longer. I know it's okay. it's late where you are, and I really appreciate that. Um, just let me ask you this. I know you talk a lot about humanism, and you yeah. talk a lot about that in terms of the teaching process for for medical students and residents. How do you teach humanism? Can you teach humanism? <laughs> yeah, that, that's hard, right? Um, so I, I, I think um, usually the first step is that I, I say the word some, but not a lot. Because if you say the word humanism too much, people are like, ah, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> um, but but, but um, if you think about it as, you know, really thinking about um, the person in front of you as an individual and, um, and paying attention to them as a human being and thinking about the human beings in your life that you love and, and what, and how you would want them to be treated. Um, that, that, that to me is, is humanism, right? Um, so like, you know, professionalism, if it's a big iceberg, professionalism is what you see on the tip of the ice, but that big iceberg that's underneath the water, I think that's, that's humanism. That's us thinking about the whole individual. 
the best way to teach it is to model it. You know, mm-hmm. that's the best way to teach it. You know, to yeah. go in a room and, you know, see your patient and and and, re- and relate to them and, and work on ways to help, you know, increase psychological safety and, you know, just make them make them feel safe. Yeah. I just walk in a room and think, if this was my mama in her most vulnerable state, what would I want somebody to be doing? Well, I wouldn't want anybody to be leaning on a wall, scrolling on a cell phone. I wouldn't want nobody whispering um, on the side. Um, I wouldn't want that. Those are there's certain things I just wouldn't want. Um, I would want the person to pronounce my name properly. Um, I would want them to know what matters to me. If I told you I don't eat pork, I wouldn't want them to have me keep getting a plate with pork on it. I would just I try to think about all of these little things mm-hmm. that um, can make people stay in the hospital better and then try to model it and then talk about it with my team. And that's to me the best way to do it. It's all hidden curriculum, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's funny you said, I was actually thinking about the hidden curriculum with that because there's a lot that happens in the room, but then there's so much that happens outside the room, right? So, I mean, you could be like the best, you know, you can be a model physician inside those walls, but then there's so much talk, you know, amongst us as professionals that's that's not so quote unquote professional or not, or doesn't really exhibit humanism. And that I feel like, can be hard, can be even harder to teach, especially as we advance and especially as people get quote unquote burned out. And, um, you know, I feel like, uh, that's when the, the type of humor, the type of behavior can become more perverse in that. I feel like that's really hard to, um, to combat and kind of teach, uh, you know, more. And and, and I think part of the key too, is to recognize that I've, I've not figured it out either. I, I am a work in progress, you know, um, you know, this, so, so I'm very careful not to, you know, portray myself to my teams like, oh, I, I have figured out how to be on my best behavior at all times. Of course I have bias, but it doesn't come out. You know, of course I think thoughts that I shouldn't think, but of course I wouldn't say it. You know, I, I've been tired and in an elevator trying to make it to a meeting and saying more than I should about regarding a patient to my resident because I need this elevator ride to convey this information because I got to go and I can't stand at the bottom of the steps and talk to you long. I, I need, we need this elevator ride, but then, you know, so we fall short and, 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 I, and I think it's important to talk about that so that people don't feel like they have to be perfect because I haven't found anybody who's perfect. You're gonna say the wrong thing sometime, you're gonna do the wrong thing sometimes. But the key is to autocorrect. That's great. That's a good place to to close out. I think I really appreciate your your time here with us. Um, you're an absolute must follow on Twitter. So can you tell people how to find you there? That's a nice thing to say. Thank you. Um, I, I'm at Grady Doctor. Don't you, I told y'all I'm in love with Grady. It's like no, it's clear. <laughs> I, it makes and your blog is called Reflections of a Grady oh, Doctor, Grady right? Doctor. And I see Grady that you GradyDoctor.com. Like everybody's like, oh, you can't leave Grady because all your handles are Grady. <laughs> I know it's going to be a lot of rebranding if you leave. Uh, I ain't leaving Grady. I she's, love it. She's wearing a Grady shirt right now. People, oh. her glasses have Grady on it. There's a big Grady <laughs> sign on the back. It's just it's and, and I raised and I raised um two hundred thousand dollars for Grady for my fiftieth birthday. That's so that very cool. Very news. cool. Very cool. Uh, it's really a, a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for joining us. 
Thank you for having me. And I really enjoyed talking to you all. I feel like I talked your head off, but oh well. No, not, not enough. <laughs> it's, a, it's a podcast. I guess that's what you do. You talk somebody's head off. Do you want to come back <laughs> next week? We got more to talk about. I feel like it's not over yet. Part two. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to get you back on if you're willing. Uh, thank you. I would love to. We could do a whole show about about um, uh, how annoying it is to have your name revised. <laughs> I, I, with a name like Kaveh, I trust me, I get it. I mean, I'm yeah. introducing myself in a loud place is always like Comet. Yeah, Comet. Sure. <laughs> okay. This podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult a physician or other qualified healthcare provider for your specific healthcare needs or concerns. The opinions expressed on this podcast do not represent the opinions of our employees. Details in the podcast have been changed so that patient identification is not possible. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.